1: Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome into GC Live Talking Tuesday. It is January 16th, 2024, and as we kick this show off, there is a new welcome home that has gone public. He's turn Joe. I'm Mike. You appreciate you guys tuning in today as we do all year round. We talk Gamecock football, and with the transfer portal, NIL, everything else in between, despite the fact South Carolina not making it to a bowl game this past year, there has been nothing short but plenty of headlines to talk about with Gamecock football. And in turn, Joe, we've discussed this a lot this offseason. And even going back towards the end of the year, talking about the importance of being able to create competition in that room for quarterback. For South Carolina, being able to bring in some type of experience, Right. Some type of experience was going to be key. Now, being able to bring in Robbie Ashford, former Auburn quarterback, played there for two years prior. He was at Oregon. The stat sheet might not necessarily blow people away, especially when you talk about bringing in a transfer quarterback that you've had here for the last couple of years in Spencer Rattler, before, of course, now declaring for the NFL draft. But he has some type of experience, some type of experience, and we'll get into it a little bit more. Clearly not South Carolina's first option. Because, well, a couple weeks back, AJ Swan, that was their one of their key guys they're going after first. And of course, he decided to decommit from South Carolina verbally. So I bring that up, not to be negative about the kid, but it's just trying to be realistic. Having said all that, though, they land a quarterback. What's your initial thoughts on the pickup?
0: Yeah, I think the pickup's good, right, Mike. We've been talking all offseason about who are they gonna add uh, in the quarterback room. It comes up every single show we're on, um, seemingly. Well, now you know. Um, you also add Davis Bevel, um, you know, as a preferred walk on. So the quarterback room is restocked for the most part. I, I don't think they're gonna go get another guy um for that quarterback room. Um, but you have, you know, Lenora Sellers, Luke Doty, uh, Robbie Ashford, and then Dante Reno, um, and then as well, Davis Bevel. Um so You know, you've got, I mean, a quarterback room that's restocked going into spring football. So that question mark is, uh, you know, now taken care of and there's less things to worry about on the offseason agenda.
1: Yeah. And I wrote a a piece recently. If you guys have been following along on Gamecock Central for subscribers, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, take advantage of signing up today for just one dollar for the first month on Gamecock Central. But. We've been doing this series, and we've been giving you a positional breakdown from room to room about what the early breakdowns will look like for South Carolina's 2024 roster. Did the quarterback room very early. We knew there was going to be some type of changes, but it's the offseason mode, right? And like we mentioned, not going to a bowl game. There's plenty of things to talk about, especially at that point. Things started picking up the last couple weeks. But having said all that, we did an updated version on that today. So you can head on over to Gamecock Central, you can find that there. But the thing about Ashford, I just really want to throw this out here about some of the things about this guy, because maybe for some of you, you've been following along over on Gamecock Central. You have a better idea of who this young man is. Maybe you don't, so we'll get you caught up to speed if you don't. A couple things to know about Ashford. As I mentioned, over at Auburn the last two years, before that, though, he started his career at Oregon. And intern Joe, you might be a a little young for this. I'm sure you've heard the school, but I don't know if you ever saw the show, Two A Days, which was a high school series they did on MTV back in the day on Hoover High. So he went to Hoover. He played at Hoover. That's where Ashford played some high school ball at. So I bring those things up. I bring those things up because he is someone that when you watch his tape and you look at the statistics over the last two years, He's a dual threat guy. I think he's more complementary to what Sellers' game is like. I think Sellers can throw the football better than Ashford, as you know, in the short sample size that we've seen. I think the big question with Ashford is going to be his decision making, being able to protect the football, right? Because as we head into this competition between Sellers, Reno, and Ashford, and no disrespect against Bevel, we can throw him in there if you want, but clearly. Clearly, you'd give the advantage to Sellers as of today. I think some people look at this move and they'll just assume, all right, now he's going to be a backup here. He might. But here's a guy that has experience of starting in the SEC. If you think Robbie Ashford is coming here with the notion that, man, I'm just going to come here and be a backup, you are very, very, very mistaken. Now, could it play out that way? Do a lot of people probably think that? Do I think Sellers will be the week one starter? Sure. But don't just look at Robbie Ashford as someone that's going to come in here with the mindset of, I'm just going to be grabbing a clipboard. That's not the case. I feel like I've seen way too much of that over the last couple of weeks. Saw that a little bit today. And I know it's just a portion. It's just the portion. But if there's a couple people that think that, I'm sure there's a good amount of people that think that in this fan base. There will be competition. You need competition. We've said this before. Go back to 2020. Go back to 2020 during that offseason. You had a young quarterback who assumed that he was going to have the starting job. And look how that played out. There were certainly a lot of issues with that year's team. There are a lot of issues going on in the world that time period, too. But the point being is you need competition. Robbie Ashford will do that. Dante Reno, being here in the spring, he will do that as well. Luke Doty, working with the wide receivers. But you know what? He's also someone that can be an asset for that quarterback room. And quite frankly, God forbid, they don't feel comfortable with the number two guy. Who's to say Doty wouldn't be the number two again this year like it was last year? So I I think more than anything, competition is what we've been talking about a lot, Joe. How much do you think Ashford can provide that competition? And what would be your just your early assessments of the quarterback room in comparison to, you know, Reno and Sellers and how he will likely blend into that mix?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to create a lot of good competition. Um, you know, we've talked about that you want a guy that, you know, you can't guarantee anyone the starting job. And the guys that, you know, are you, you are going to, you know, theoretically guarantee the starting job to, you know, aren't going to come here. So I, I think, you know, with it being as wide open in the search, you know, being wide open as it was, um, you know, basically your recruiting pitch was come compete. Um, I think Ashford's the guy that you um, the best that you could pull from that situation. And with those limitations on your search, right. Because I mean, Spencer Rattler, when they were recruiting him, he was pretty much a shoe in for the starting quarterback. I mean, obviously he was going to compete a little bit, but it wasn't the same search um, for a quarterback in the transfer portal as it is now, because now you have Lenore Sellers, as we've talked about. Uh, But I think Ashford, you know, provides a good sense of competition. You know, Dante's going to go in there and compete as well. Um, just, you know, learn the game in the SEC and the college game as well. So, uh, you know, fans should be excited about it. Just another guy in there that, you know, can provide competition, push Lenore Sellers a little bit. And I think Ashford's certainly capable of doing that, right, Mike?
1: Yeah, we've said this before too. So I apologize for the people that watch our show over and over and over because you've heard me say this over and over and over. If Lenore Sellers is as talented, as many of us believe as he is and can be adding someone to push him. And we've said this before, regardless of who they brought into the room, right? Look at it as a, at a blank, blank resume, right? Obviously it's Ashford right now. And I agree with one of the statements you made. I don't anticipate South Carolina adding another quarterback to this room. The only way to me that happens is two things. one, There was just a guy out there that is can't miss, can't miss, whether that be over the next couple of days, which I don't think any of us anticipates. We don't anticipate that. Or after spring football, that second transfer portal window, something crazy happens out of school. And things always happen that are crazy. It feels like in this college football era that we're talking about, especially now that you can enter the portal at any given time. So I bring those things up because and even if that were to happen that second scenario I brought up, you're bringing in you'd be bringing in a quarterback that had just missed a whole shoot six months really seven months of being able to get to get acclimated with your team never mind the fact of missing spring practice you're being able to go out there and run the actual offense for a little bit but as we mentioned before there's always outliner uh, outliers as we saw a couple of years back. In the scenario that you had with uh, Zeb Nolan, right? Zeb wasn't here in the spring. I mean, shoot, Zeb was still playing FCS football before he got here. And then, of course, he was thrown into But well, That was a different scenario because of injuries. So I bring those things up, Joe, and I'm going to share this. I'm going to share this today. If you are not a subscriber to Gamecock Central, you wouldn't be seeing this, but if you want to be able to see The breakdown that I have, my week one starter thoughts, all that kind of stuff. We've been doing this position to position, but I'm going to give you a little taste for those of you who aren't subscribers to get to see what I'm talking about We talk about the quarterbacks in that room. And these are the scholarship guys. I included Doty simply because he has the most experience when you're talking about playing quarterback, especially at South Carolina. So I included him in there. And this isn't a depth chart or anything like that. These are just, you know, the names. Um, this is this is what you got right now in that quarterback room. Scholarship wise, right? So that's why you don't see Bevel up there. No disrespect to Bevel. So, I, th- I think, look, being able—we talked about the competition side of it. I think more than anything, when you look at this quarterback room, and by the way. As you see right there, Ashford has two years of eligibility remaining. Doty, he'll be gone after this year, right? I mean, I have to do some math here now, too. Um, T has two years of eligibility left, excuse me. I mean, feels like he's been here since freaking when I got here in 2016, for crying out loud. He's the uh, new on joiner as far as uh, time goes. But when you look at this, my whole point, Joe, is you have a very young quarterback room very young quarterback room that you're going to be working with the next couple of years. Now this is under the assumption that players won't be transferring out. So obviously things can change this new era of college football. Things change all the time. My whole point being is there's only three guys in that room outside of Doty. Of course, I'll be working with some wide receivers. You're going to have to uh, bevel in that room. These guys are going to have a bunch, a bunch of opportunities to get a lot of reps this spring. So when I look at a guy like Lenore Sellers, when I look at a guy like Dante Reno, those two in particular, that excites me about the future of Gamecock football. That excites me. Now, again, obviously things change with college football now, right? But if you want to live in a glass half empty world, have at it somewhere else. I mean, I'm not going to be sitting here talking about scenarios that might not happen. If they happen... Great, we'll talk about it when a player leaves, if that were to happen. I'm not going to sit here wasting time talking about stuff that hasn't happened. So I say that because Sellers, he needs more experience. Obviously, you would like to see that in the game, but you can't just get that unless, you know, how do you get experience in games? You have to play in the games. Being able to get a bunch of reps this spring, Reno as well. Ashford, I'm interested to see what he can do. I'm interested to see what he can do. When you look at that though, Joe, what do you expect from a guy like Reno? What do you expect from a guy like Robbie Asher? We talk a lot about Lenore's and rightfully so, but what do you expect from these two guys to do in order to challenge sellers?
0: Um I mean I think you have to come in there and you know have the mentality that you are the starter essentially, right? You know, it's an open competition they've been talking about it as an open competition and you know you have to go in there and you know prove that you're the guy um and i think you know even competing for the number two slot like sure lenoris has a little bit of favor but again it is an open competition but i think if you go in and, and compete like you are the starter you're gonna earn that number two spot right i think dante has a very good chance to be in that number two spot if he comes in and competes um same thing with ashford right Um, you know, they're both, I guess, at the same stage in terms of what the coaches have seen, obviously they're going to favor the recruit a little bit more, but, um, you know, Ashford coming in from the portal, he has experience. So it's going to be an interesting battle for the number two slot. Doty also capable of taking reps, but, um, you know, they're, they added Ashford, um, and Bevel as well. So you would assume Doty is going to work more at wide receiver, just athlete and kind of that DK joiner role. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see, but I, I, again, I think, you know, realistically, Reno and Ashford are playing for the number two spot. But again, both of those guys, I mean, at least from from my perspective, I think, you know, if they come in and have a good spring, good summer, they could, you know, um, you know, win that starting job if, if they put it all together, you know, consistently throughout the spring and the summer, you know, you kind of have to play well throughout both um, and, you know, guarantee um, leave no doubt in anyone's mind, essentially, that you are the starting quarterback.
1: So a couple things to talk about where this puts South Carolina at from a scholarship standpoint. As of right now, the Gamecock Central Scholarship counter is not updated as far as when I say updated. I'm just talking it's one off right now. Right. So if you look at it right now, Ashford is not on the list. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because if you look at it, all right, where's Ashford? All right. He's not there. So what that means is this is really an 87 right now, which puts South Carolina three over the project, the projected, the projected scholarship total for the fall. And I say that because there's players right now that aren't here yet. That will be enrolling part of the 2024 class. They they're not early enrollees like the Dante Reno's of the world, the Dylan Storch, right? Maisie Bennett. just keep going down the list, but You have some players that will be enrolling later on this year, and you will have that number, which, again, is the projected one. As I've said many times before, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who've been paying attention to college football for a long time, you already know what I'm going to say. These things, when you look at this number, it's crap, okay? It's crap. These things always get taken care of. It always works out. It always works out. So yes. South Carolina, as of right now, again, if you just tuned in, the scholarship counter on Gamecock Central it hasn't been updated to 88. Now that Ashford has committed to South Carolina, but the Gamecocks are three over that limit. What will happen between now and the fall? Well, multiple things can happen, right? I mean, first and foremost, we have the transfer portal, that second window coming up in April. This isn't me saying, okay, Mike knows what's going on as far as there's someone that's thinking about leaving. But as we've mentioned many times before, when it comes to college football, you're constantly having meetings with your positional coaches, head coaches, positional coaches, coordinators, all that stuff. After spring practices, I'm sure there'll be a few players that will look at their roles and they might not be happy with it. This is not just limited at South Carolina. This happens throughout college football. So would I be surprised? Would I be surprised to see a player or two enter the portal after the spring? No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. If that were to happen, that's going to open up obviously a slide or two, depending on how many players enter the portal. In addition to that, there'll be some tinkering around with scholarships to try to find a way to make sure that you get to that 85 limit. So I bring those things up to explain it because it feels like now, ever since South Carolina has gone over that mark, and by the way, uh, Gilbert Edmond is in our system. We have him in there, for those of you wondering, because you're like, well, maybe that would be four over. He's in already. Ashford isn't, but that just happened. They'll be able to get that taken care of. I'm not worried about that. Now, what does that mean from a transfer portal standpoint? things are really starting to slow down. I think people are starting to see that you go back to last week, Joe in a span of, I think it was like four days, South Carolina picked up seven players from the portal. This past week, obviously much slower. Now there's been two welcome homes. One of them now have gone public. That was the Ashford one. Another one is out there still for Beamer. We're trying to confirm whether or not that is the, for Edmond. I know some people are wondering about that. Um, But we will get that taken care of in a little bit to hopefully clarify for you. But I look at those things and and I say, okay, things are starting to slow down. That doesn't surprise me. However, again, and I don't think anticipated being a quarterback, but a quarterback, whoever, South Carolina feels like there was someone out there that is can't miss. I think you got I think you have to go find a way to make it happen. You bring them in here. You worry about, like I said, scholarship stuff takes care of itself. It takes care of itself. So I'm not really worried about the scholarship calendar right now. I think the only position that worries me a little bit, I guess you could say two positions, really. You you, you lost some experience at corner. So if you were able to bring in a player from the, from the transfer portal at the cornerback spot, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I wouldn't be opposed to them bringing another player at wide receiver. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. But again, now as we get closer to where we are with the numbers, that's kind of, you know, what we're, where, we're, where we're at with these things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, Mike, I, you're right. I mean, I think the scholarships will take care of that themselves. Um, we're far away from football in the fall, um, unfortunately. So, um, you know, that's just the nature of the off season right now. There's going to be some roster confusion. I mean, they'll get it down in time, and we'll have more of an idea, obviously, um, as the spring shakes out, um, once that portal opens and closes as well, um, heading into summer ball, um, and you know, it is right around the corner. So, um, you know, not too far away, but yeah, the roster is, is going to shake up, um, as, as we know, especially these last couple weeks with the portal, the way it's been, um, it's been a lot. So we've, we've been doing, Hi, we've been doing some I good am things. Anna
1: McNaught. Let me show you. What the
0: heck? Sorry. I apologize. Got a lot of things
1: going on in the background. So. A couple things, too, to talk about on today's show, because it feels like a lot has happened since last week's show on Tuesday. There has been some flip-flopping going on with coaching positions. I saw someone asking about Justin Stepp. I'll talk about that in a little bit. There was also a change in how South Carolina goes about their contract approvals in athletics. And I think that created some confusion. I can tell you from our end, it created some confusion. And we were not alone talking to some of my colleagues out there. So I'll explain what I mean by that. And there was also a bonus for a positional coach over the weekend. So first thing I want to start with, Joe... I want to talk about what transpired with some of this contract talk. Because as I've said on this show, as we've talked about on this show with some of the coaches who the impression was they were their contracts were expiring at the end of the year. What took place over the last, I'd say, I don't know, nine months now, go back to last spring, South Carolina did something that was unprecedented now I'm not trying to make it seem like you know they reinvented the wheel they created fire or something like that but they did something that was very it was very uh, out of the ordinary something new a report from the state newspaper outlined how three south carolina assistants who were presumed by everyone including us and when I say us I'm talking all of us at gamecock central chris west they've mentioned it i think actually chris put out a little Story yesterday on Gamecock Central, and he actually specifically said, including us, I know from speaking to colleagues at other outlets, I'll let them throw their own names out there if they want to attach it to it. But we were all under the assumption that they were working under an expired contract that had been expired in at the end of the 2023 calendar year. An open records request revealed that Justin Stepp got an extension in March, Luke Day in June, and Traven Robertson had one in August. All those contracts were due to expire after December 31st of 2023. They have now set to expire the same date, but in 2024. So many people are probably going to be wondering, how does this happen? You know, how does this happen when it's not just one person, but multiple outlets? Simple contracts that do not exceed a certain amount. And I believe what the state wrote is, it's $650,000 or more. If it doesn't exceed that, USC put a new policy in that they don't have to go in front of the board of trustees for approval and they can be done at the administration athletics level. So bottom line is this, I share this because as confusing as that was for a lot of us, and I'm sure it was confusing for some of you out there as well, that's going to be one of the new things to pay attention to. And I say pay attention to, we don't even get emails about these things. So it's constantly just trying to make sure that check and it's not just a football thing. I'm talking basketball. I'm talking baseball, certainly for football, because the amount of money that we're talking about here in comparison to a lot of these other sports, it's usually not going to go under the radar the same way. But now that's something to pay attention to, which to me, and we'll try to gather more information as to why they're doing this, because to me, that just sounds stupid. It really sounds stupid. Why wouldn't you want to publicly acknowledge one of your coaches getting an extension? That helps you from a recruiting standpoint, right? That helps you. Just the perception out there oh, he's working on an expired contract. So that's just my two cents on it. I just, I had never heard of such a thing. I talked to colleagues, I talked to uh, colleagues in different states. They thought it was silly. So, again, as dumb as I think that is, we will try to gather more information about it as to why they are doing this. As one person told me the other day, he's like, maybe they're just lazy. They don't want to get out of bed as much. I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure this out, though, for you. But hopefully that makes some sense. But one person that did get a bonus, and we reported this on Gamecock Central from that Board of Trustees meeting, Joe, was Sterling Lucas. And as I reported... On Friday night, there were two reasons for that, that I was told. And I put in the report. First, there was a handful of NFL teams over the last couple months, especially over the last couple weeks, that have been interested in hiring Lucas, hiring him away from South Carolina to bring him back to the NFL ranks. Most recently, I was told, was the Baltimore Ravens, a place that he worked at for several years. So that combined with the fact that Lucas played a big role with being able to help bring in some talented players over the last couple of years. Helped with the Nicholas Harbor situation. Helped, of course, with Dylan Stewart. This was a a way of just saying, hey, we appreciate what you're doing. We don't want you to go anywhere. Thank you. Here's a bonus. You've talked about it before in the past. I know we've actually talked about this before. What can you say about the job Sterling Lucas has done? And with South Carolina, and that's not to say anything about the other coaches because there's been some coaches that have done some good things over the last couple of years. But the importance of making sure you don't lose a guy like this. We've talked about Pete Lembo in the past. South Carolina, they threw a bag at him last offseason. Sterling Lucas is a hell of a coach. Hell of a coach. This your initial thoughts on South Carolina making sure not to lose Lucas, at least for right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mike, I think he's huge in the development of, you know, this South Carolina defense and program, right? You know, you talk about – Shane has talked about trying to tap into the roots of what this program is, and part of that is a mean defensive line and mean defensive ends. Sterling Lucas is one of the best defensive coaches in the industry um, in football, um, and to have him at South Carolina, number one, recruiting, but also to have his expertise in the defensive end room is huge. I mean, you know, he was with the Ravens for – over a decade and then comes home to South Carolina. He's an Orangeburg native, I believe, played at South Carolina State as well. Um, So Lucas is home, right? And, you know, you were going to do everything you can to keep Coach Lucas home. And, you know, shout out to South Carolina for being able to do that because he wants to be here. He's at home. He's working with Coach T-Rob. Travion Robinson was another, uh, you know, big – Robertson, excuse me, uh, was a big addition to the staff as well. They get together really well. Um, and it's like the Bash brothers, you know, watching them, you know, coach at camp and that kind of thing and recruit. Um, it's fun to watch because, you know, they're, they're having fun with it. And obviously, Coach Lucas wants to stay here. Um, so it was big that you secured him because, you know, like like Mike mentioned, you know, he's been huge in recruiting. And when you have and also it's part of the pitch, too, um, you know, when you try to make up ground on NIL, part of that pitch is we are going to get you to the NFL So when you have a coach like Sterling Lucas, who has spent decades in pro ball and coached some of the best defensive players we've ever seen with the Baltimore Ravens, uh, you know, that that experience is so valuable um, when you're trying to, you know, necessarily gain ground on areas where NIL can't compete. So, um, you know, I can't say enough good things about the extension because he is such a big piece and, you know, you want your defensive line to be the core of your defense, rushing the passer and that kind of thing. Um, so it's it's just a very 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 big addition to staff. I think you know one that kind of goes unsung a little bit um, throughout the the grit and the grind of the year.
1: Well, I mean, look when we talk about coaches, especially from the college ranks, especially at this level, when you're talking about SEC power five coaches, naturally you're going to have to fight off occasionally other schools, the NFL from taking some of your guys. Now, having said that, there will be cases where guys will leave. You look at a situation like Jody Wright. That's an opportunity to go out there and be a head coach. I mean, you can't knock Jody for that. You know, Jody did a lot of great things. I know Craig mentioned that as well. Jody did some great things here. But this is an opportunity to help better his family, and that's the way he's looking at it. He wants to be a head coach. Here's his opportunity. There's going to be opportunities for guys at the next level, right? I mean, there's going to be guys that will occasionally leave for what some people will probably, and even I'm sure Beamer would say this occasionally lateral moves. And I think if you're looking at preventing lateral moves more than anything, that's where it starts, right? I mean, it's one thing if a guy wants to go be a head coach somewhere, it's one thing if a guy wants to go to the NFL, but a lateral move. At this level, there shouldn't really be any questions as far as letting a guy leave, especially if you feel like he's doing a good job. So I bring those things up because in this case, obviously this was not going to be a lateral move. This was going to be a tremendous opportunity for Lucas. Having said that, Lucas is doing some amazing things at South Carolina, not just from a recruiting standpoint, but he's also done some great things from a development standpoint, and when you look at that edge room in particular and what South Carolina has. I mean, we've talked about the offensive line, the defensive line, not just the edge room, but the defensive tackle of the trenches in general, and what South Carolina has been able to do from a recruiting standpoint, both from the high school ranks as well as the transfer portal over the last couple years. What South Carolina has been able to do heading into this upcoming season, at least on paper, is very impressive. But when you look at that edge room in particular, in large part of what Sterling Lucas has been able to do from a recruiting standpoint, on top of the fact of what he's been able to do from a development standpoint, it speaks volumes. And you would like to think that, God forbid, Lucas were to go to the NFL at some point, that you're not going to be losing guys in that room. But I think you'd be naive just to have that wishful thinking. Comes with the territory. Guys sometimes leave, especially now more than ever. So to be able to keep Lucas, it's not just keeping a talented coach that can develop players, that can go out there and recruit, but he's also someone that when you talk to players, when you talk to people in that building, the players specifically in that positional room, but obviously players across the board that deal with him every day, but in that positional room that are with him more than anyone else, they think the world of him and i'm not trying to scare people but if lucas were to have gone to the nfl is that edge room on paper again i say on paper because it looks very talented right now would it have still been as talented heading into spring without him so that's something we're not going to have to worry about right now and hopefully that's not something they're going to have to worry about for quite some time so a question about justin step where was this i going to bring it back up. Where was it? Cocky Joe said, is Coach Step gone, or is he going to stay? Step's here. I mean, I, I saw crap on social media the other day. I saw crap the other day. I mean, we reported this on Friday that he was moving over the tight end position. I wake up on Tuesday, or Saturday, excuse me. I'm All these days are confusing me. I mean, you had Monday afternoon football yesterday. I don't even know what day it is anymore. People were like, oh, Step was fired. I'm like, what the hell is people, what are people talking about? There was a press release that came out Friday night from the University of South Carolina that announced that Step is now the tight ends coach. On top of that, Step was out on Friday recruiting tight ends. Now, having said all this, and I said this on the message board on Saturday morning, is there always the possibility that Step could go somewhere else? Obviously. Obviously. Okay? Is he thrilled about the position that he's in? Probably not. I know how much he enjoyed coaching wide receivers. But having said that, when you look at the big picture of it all, you're bringing in a very talented wide receivers coach who has had a lot of success in multiple places. I specifically was told about the job he did over at Georgia and Cooley coming here. But on top of that, you talk to people that know Justin Stepp. And one of the things he wants to do ultimately, he wants to be a head coach. So even though this might not be a situation that a lot of people will look at, and maybe Justin Stepp feels this way too, where it's like, man, okay, making this move up. It's going to help his resume out. It's going to help his resume out because now he's coached different positions. Now, again, you don't have to. That's not. That doesn't mean you have to do it X, Y, Z, coach this position, that position, all the positions, check every box off as far as, okay, I have experience of coaching every room in order to become a head coach. Certainly not, but it will help him. So I say that because, number one, I don't know where the hell this thing came out about he's being fired. I think some people saw that, okay, Cooley's coming in. He's going to be the wide receivers coach. Man, that means that step's gone. No. Read the rest of the friggin' report. Yeah. Don't just look at the headline and be like, oh, Cooley, wide receivers coach. And just make assumptions. Click on the friggin' link. My goodness. And if you're too cheap to pay the $1 to subscribe to Gamecock Central for the first month, I'm sure there's some free free reporting outlet. I don't know. Someone out there that's credible, but my goodness, go to go to South Carolina's athletic page. It had a press release for crying out loud. So I say that, cocky Joe, not directed at you, but bottom line is, as of today, Justin Stepp, he's still with South Carolina. He's the tight ends coach. He's been out recruiting this past weekend, tight ends, and that's where we stand. Is he thrilled about it? I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's not. But at the same time, too, this is a team that some changes are going on, right? Jody Wright leaves, and you're trying to figure out what can help this team be able to take that next step. And this is the decision that they've gone in right now.
0: Yeah, point in, so I think Justin Stepp is also another valuable um, you know, resource for your staff. Even though he's coaching tight ends, it doesn't you know, mean – Really, anything. He's still in the building. I mean, it's he just switched positions. Um, Coley's going to be a big addition to the staff. Um, you know, it's a fresh set of eyes, and after a while, right, you do need some kind of staff turnover, some kind of change to get fresh eyes on your, on football, on on your schematics. So I think Coley's going to be a big addition, and Justin Step. I mean, we know how good of a recruiter he has been so far. Uh, you know, Mazio Bennett, he was really big in landing him, um, flipping him back from Tennessee. Um, so that was big. And again, Step's a football guy. Um, so to have him in the building in any way, shape, or form, no matter what he's coaching, um, is benefit. And you know he's helping Dowell out um as well as you know, all of the other offensive coaches. But you want Justin Step in your building, you want him out recruiting for you because he's a really, 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 really good representative of your uni- university and also, you know, your football team and your culture of what you're trying to build. I think that's well, the, thing too about thing Coley,
1: the other thing about Coley, the more I talk to people in the coaching world, and when I say the coaching world, I think a lot of people know this by now with me, I'm not talking just about South Carolina. I'm talking about people that from my playing days, the coaches that have gone on up, right? They introduced me to different people. And I've had an opportunity to learn more about Coley over the last couple of days they think he can make a big impact from a recruiting standpoint, especially with the territories that he's had success in. You know, he's very familiar with the Florida area. He's very familiar with the Texas area. Uh, certainly, we know when it comes to recruiting from a hotbed standpoint, those two places produce a lot of talent. You go back, of course, during the Spurrier days when Shane Beamer was here for his first stint as an assistant coach, and the job they did. And just around that time period, even a little after one Shane left, they did a really good job. They did a really good job of being able to get into Florida. So I, I think that can only help. Certainly, South Carolina's had success in different areas. You think about the pipelines they've been able to create in the DMV area. Um, and Craig mentions, mentioned specifically the Miami area. I mean, being able to build those pipelines, it feels like with Shane, with what we've seen from the players that they've recruited over the last couple of years. And obviously things happen, right? You look at the pup Howard situation, like things are going to happen, especially in this era of college football. But having said that, what they've done, at least as far as when they have recruited players and they've been able to get commitments and whether you want to keep pup Howard or you can just take them out, it's not going to change what I'm going to say here. A lot of the success they've had has been in that Tampa Jacksonville gainesville area so they've had success there but to piggyback off of what craig's saying being able to continue to work your way down work your way down the peninsula work your way down throughout the state of florida i mean florida is just a massive friggin state so the amount of talent there i mean it's not short right i say i mentioned excuse me i mentioned jacksonville and gainesville but they've had success even working their way down to tampa Uh, can you tell i'm not from florida i'm getting saying tampa's right next to um Jacksonville yeah that's why uh geography wasn't one of my strong points in school but my point being is that's been one of the things they've really focused on they have had some success with Tampa it it feels like it hasn't happened as much in comparison certainly uh going back to the time period of when Spurrier was here and when Beamer was here right away but again they've had a lot of success going into different areas DMV Being one of them. Uh, Another thing, too, that I want to mention as far as what's going on with the hiring process to bring in a new running backs coach. As we sit here right now, the deal is not done yet. But as many of you probably saw the reports over the weekend, we put something out ourselves on Gamecock Central. About where things stand for South Carolina. Markwell Blackwell is the name to keep an eye on. Where things stand right now, at least the last I was told, and this goes back to even last week, the big thing was was just being able to get the contract taken care of. You know, there's things for from a from Blackwell's standpoint because of the fact that he's getting paid still by his fr- former employer. They're just trying to go over you know, the formalities, take care of it from a logistical standpoint from the contract. That's what I was told on Friday, what was slowing things down. Now, Chris Clark put out an update yesterday on Gamecock Central that Auburn had also been in communication with them. If you want to see more information, head on over to Gamecock Central and you can see more of the specifics that Chris has for you. But I bring those things up to, to say that You know, if this gets done tonight, which it very well could, from what I was told, because you go back to last Friday, I was like, all right, you know, what's the earliest this could get done? It could get done as late as tonight, as early as tonight, but it also could drag into next week. And the fact that it was a holiday yesterday, I think some people will look at it as being, wait a minute, it's Tuesday now. We heard this guy's name on Friday. What's going on? Remember, there was a holiday yesterday. So that slows things down a little bit, too. So. Wouldn't be shocked, and I know it's real easy to be like, okay, at the earliest now, but it could happen today, could also drag out into tomorrow, but I I would be shocked. I would be shocked, especially if it is Blackwell, if everything goes well. I would be shocked that this deal doesn't get done by the end of the week. I would be absolutely shocked. Um, Some things to add to that, because we mentioned Newland Isaac, the running back coach over At Liberty, that was a name that we first reported about a week ago, and that was the name that was starting to pick up more steam. From what I've been able to gather, Jamie Chadwell did what he could to make sure that Isaac wasn't going to be leaving. So what exactly that entails, is that a promise in terms of certain? I mean, obviously, he's a co-offensive coordinator, But is that some type of promise made or, hey, you know, you do this or whatever the case may. Hey, we're going to get you a, you know, an incentive for. I don't know the specifics, but that was what was relayed to me. So if that answers some people's questions about that, because certainly that was a name that had a lot of. A lot of steam behind it for, I'd say, about a week, really, and um, Friday night. Lou Bajak of the state newspaper and Lou does an outstanding job of covering high school sports, but he's very tapped in and locked in with a lot of these guys who go to other places, but are from this area. So when I saw Lou put that out there, it did not surprise me uh, one bit. Any just thoughts, Joe, on any of those things that I mentioned, anything you want to just piggyback off of?
0: Uh, I mean, nothing necessarily. I mean, it's coaching contracts. They're going to get it done. Um, you know, I voiced my opinions on, on the addition of Coley, um, having, keeping Step around. Again, I think it's such a valuable resource. And then obviously my opinions on Sterling Lucas. I think he's doing such a good job. Um, and, you know, I, no really negative stuff to report about Sterling Lucas yet. Obviously, it is our job to report both sides. But, again, I, I am leaning a little bit because he has done so well and he's been so good to us at Gamecock Central as well.
1: Jay Diz, good to have you back on the program. So step will probably do better with fewer players The coach. He had 18 guys last year, and we could only play four or five of them. Coley has done well at Georgia, getting a big wide receiver groups ready to play. I think more than anything, I think that they just need to be able to find some type of production in that room, too. And I don't think that's necessarily you know, all unjust in step, but sometimes just like in life and business. Sometimes you just need a new voice and, you know, talking to people close to the program. They also felt that. But again, I think there's multiple layers to it. I don't think it's just looking at, okay, they're, they're moving step over. This is a demotion, which I'm sure some people will look at it that way. And that's fine. Have at it. But you have a very talented wide receivers coach coming in here. Someone that Beamer wanted clearly on this staff and certain things played out with Jody Wright leaving. And they decided to go in this direction. All right, Joe, we are sitting here at two forty nine. Do need to get to some. We do this show live, and I bring that up simply to remind folks who could go back and watch this later on that things obviously are constantly changing in this world of college football. But I think one thing and jay Diz adds a, a good point you know chadwell lost one uh, co-coordinator and willie corn he wasn't going to lose another one without a fight very good point jay Diz. Mm-hmm. i i think too look with the talent that's in south and i've said this before and this isn't to say that you know coaching doesn't matter because it does but with the talent that south carolina has in that running back room right now to me more than anything it's Whoever the hell the running backs coach is, just don't friggin' screw it up. I think that's what it comes down to more than every anything. I mean, shoot, I'd I'd make you the friggin' running backs coach right now, Joe. Just don't screw yeah. it up. I mean, you have too much friggin' talent in that room now. Obviously, big picture, it's not the short game. You got to go out there. You got to recruit. You got to do all these little things to be able to continue to m- preserve that room, especially now when guys can just get up and leave year after year after year if they choose to. But I think more than anything, and obviously I'm half-joking when I say you can put anyone in that room, my point being is if you do bring in Blackwell and he's able to have the same type of success that he's been able to have at the other places he's been at, if he can do those things and you already have a room, which again, no disrespect to any coach that comes in there and takes over that room, you have so much talent in that room On top of that, as we've talked about before with the 16 scholarship offensive linemen that you have for next season, you should be able to run the football. Now, obviously, there's multiple layers to that, too, right? you got to be able to throw the football. What does the passing game look like? Not just in regards to who the quarterback is, if it's Sellers or whatever the case, you have a young quarterback, but you have so much young talent, unproven talent in a lot of these positions at wide receiver. And I say positions, I'm going down one through six and trying to figure out what that one through six rotation will be like. So let's see. Way to go. Don't screw it up, Joe. Rocket yeah, left, rocket right, rocket up the middle.
0: Can't be too hard, right? Feed the rocket and then let Oscar Attaway get into open space. Um, I think that's exactly what you need to do. Oscar Attaway, I think he's going to be the number two back. Um, And, you know, he's going to be a support back for Rocket. Um, Yeah, really hard to screw that one up, right? Um, You just got to make sure they stay healthy. Knocking on wood there. I've gotten in trouble for that before too, but got to make sure you stay healthy and, you know, just run, be mean, like run like you hate the grass, go downhill um, and provide some support to this young quarterback, whomever it may be, Um, you know, so it's not, not, not too hard to mess up Mike.
1: One other thing I want to add, and then we'll wrap this thing up. In case you guys have missed it, I would highly recommend heading over to Gamecock Central. And taking a look at it, Chris Clark wrote this up, and I read it earlier today. And it was just really good to see some of the quotes here. But it was a Garnet Trust interview, and it's also in video form too, if you guys want to listen to Big Tree, Maluitos and But in that Garnet Trust interview, talking a lot about the things that he learned last year. And as Tree has mentioned before, Tree honestly, I mean, Joe, you remember, I'm sure, and I'm sure some of you guys who – Paid attention to press conferences throughout the season. Remember, Tree, when he was in that press conference room, I mean, he just lit up the room. I mean, he's going to be a fun soundbite, but he's gonna be just a great person just to listen to, especially if he's able to have continued success moving forward. But I would highly recommend checking out this interview. But there's one thing that really stood out to me, and he's mentioned it before, but it was this quote, you know, I was very nervous. But I think after a few snaps, I was like, okay, I can do this. I could get out there and get the hang of it. I know that sounds so simple. I know that sounds so simple. But when we look at where South Carolina is right now, and again, in a perfect world, do you want to have two true freshmen having to go out there and start in eight games? No, you don't want that. However, that's how things played out because of injuries. Having said all that, I'm looking at the glass half full now. So I say that because because of that. The circumstances that presented themselves with the injuries. Not just Aluitos and Bubba but Trevon Baugh as well. And obviously Baugh had a tremendous freshman season. Freshman All-American. But, and I'm sure Baugh would say the same thing that Tree said. They got the jitters out. They have the jitters out. And when you look at. And again, it's on paper, but the talent that South Carolina has, and not just the talent, but the depth that South Carolina has at a positional group where depth really wasn't a thing for them last year. Injuries certainly played a a big part of that. but They have a lot of depth on the offensive line. And I think when you look at the talent they have coming in, it takes away some of that pressure. Takes away some of that pressure, right? A guy like Josiah Thompson. Thompson doesn't have to go out there and start this year. Thompson doesn't even need a play. You know, I was talking to an offensive lineman the other day, a former Gamecock offensive lineman, and he said, man, when I first got to South Carolina, when I first got to South Carolina, the last thing I wanted to do was touch the field. I wanted to be able to get developed. I wanted to be able to go into the weightlifting room and get developed there as well. I wanted to be able to do whatever I could To not just preserve a year of eligibility, but be able to get bigger so that when my time came the following year, I could be an absolute monster and continue to get better. To not just help South Carolina, but to continue to improve myself so that I can live out my dream of playing in the NFL. So I say that because certainly things change and things have changed with the redshirt rule. So a guy like Thompson, a guy like anyone, I mean, Blake Franks, go down the list and doesn't even have to be offensive line. It could be any position. They can go out there and they can play at least four games. I say that to say, and I think so many people got so caught up with this, even with some of the five stars last year, there's going to be outliers. There will be guys that will play right away. But if they don't, my friggin' goodness, relax. They're freshmen. They're freshmen. This isn't a friggin' video game, just throwing guys out there left and right and just playing. So I think more than anything with the talent that they have, I hope we really don't have to see Thompson this year. I hope we don't have to. Now, if we do, two things. One, I mean, he just could be playing at a level where it's just like, all right, it's not even worth waiting. Let's just throw him in there. Or it's because there's some talented guys you've been able to recruit that are ahead of them, and you're able to slowly start to get that continuity that you desperately missed, that you desperately need after missing it last year. And then... On top of that, you're able to get these guys ready, bigger, faster, stronger, more acclimated to the system so that next year and moving forward, they're able to feel better about themselves. So, look, I don't know how things are going to specifically look out, look like going left from left to right on the offensive line because injuries, you could always move some guys around. It's not always about who's the best on the offensive line, it's who the best five that work best together. And I think being able to have a lot of the talent back, obviously starting with, and I say starting with, no disrespect to Vershawn Lee and some of the other guys out there, but looking at Trevon Ba and Tree, I mean, these are guys that were thrown in the mix. And now these are two guys you know you're going to be trying to ride as far as trying to get the most out of them from their sophomore year on because they've been able to prove it as freshmen in a situation where you didn't have a choice, but to throw them in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I I think Mike, you're hitting the nail on the head there with the offensive line. You have a lot of depth. And then if you look at how the offensive line has shaped up um, in recent years for South Carolina, it's been, when you have a bulk of guys, you know, that are just dudes coming in, um, just ready to compete. You have a bulk of those guys and, Eventually, a couple of them are going to bond together and, you know, up their play enough to be in the starting lineup. And, you know, they're, they're going to forge a bond and be the starting offensive line for two three years to come. I think that's the recent trend. You looked at the, the Eric Douglas, Jovan, Gwynn line. I mean, those guys all came in same same class or one or two classes apart from each other got in the starting lineup and didn't give it up, right? So it's going to be really interesting. I think, you know, the the offensive line, the great wall of Carolina, if you will, um, is going to shape up here coming up here soon. You're going to have some, you know, consistency in the offensive line um, for these next couple of years. And I think that should excite South Carolina fans, especially when you have characters like Big Tree, um, Trovon Baugh, um, Cam Pringle, Josiah Thompson, all those guys coming in. And you have a lot of just stud offensive linemen that are, you know, meshing together. Um, learning each other's traits, how they play together and all that. Um, They're coming up through the process and developing together, right? And that helps with, um, you know, close And, you know, eventually, as we know, you know, for the position at offensive line, you need to know each other, like the back of your hand, right? So um, being able to be as tight-knit as you are and come in with guys similar to your age that you're going to be, you know, playing with is huge. It's it's, uh, a, you know, thing that you're developing. It, it, It can't go understated.
1: Yeah, it's going to it's going to be fun to watch and see how things play out in that offensive room. Well, Joe, we are a couple weeks away. I haven't really months. I want to say weeks cuz it feels like it's getting closer and closer from tax season officially being here. We've been telling people all year, all off-season, if you want to call it that, and now it's almost here. Tax season's right around the corner and who do they need to call?
0: Absolutely, Mike. You need to call Liberty Tax for all of your tax needs. Tax ID is an uncertain feeling you get right before doing your taxes, but you don't have to go through it alone. The tax team at Liberty Tax in Urbell, Lexington, and Columbia will walk you through the process. Clear up any confusion and guarantee you'll get the biggest possible refund or your money back. It's tax time. If you're in a hurry for your refund, call on the tax team at Liberty Tax. They're fast, accurate, and guaranteed. On the other hand, if you think you might be on Uncle Sam, talk to the Liberty Tax team to make sure you're not paying more than you should owe. They'll find every possible deduction for you. Locally owned and operated staff by tax professionals from your neighborhood. Open 9 9 on weekdays and 9 to 5 on Saturdays with multiple service options. Start through the Liberty Tax mobile app or through the desktop portal. Make an appointment or just walk in. Give a call to upload your tax documents, and when you come in, your return will be ready to review and sign. Give them a call on your screen right now. And for those listening, 803-462-5576. Once again, 803-462-5576. For all of your tax needs this tax season, Mike,
1: And today's show is also brought to you by our good friend Clint Hammond at the Movement Mortgage. If you're in the process of trying to purchase a home, you understand how difficult that can be as well as right now and over the last couple of years, right? I've been trying to figure out the lowest interest rate. Give Clint a call and he'll be able to help you out. His team does an outstanding job. If you don't believe me, just go ask Wes Mitchell when it was time for him and his wife to buy a home. Who do they call? They call Clint. When former Gamecock quarterback Perry Orth And his wife, Shannon, when they were going through the process, who do they call? They call Clint. So do the same like those two. Give Clint a call at 803-771-6933. Well, appreciate you guys tuning in. It's been fun. Spring football, before you know it, it will be here. It will be interesting to see a lot of the competitions in these rooms. I mean, certainly wide receiver. It's going to be interesting to see how things play out at quarterback, regardless. If you feel like Sellers is the guy, just simply how does Sellers look being the guy? It'll be interesting to see the competition, D line, O line. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun. A couple other things to mention non football news, basketball back in action tonight. Big one, late one, 9 p.m. tip off against Georgia. Women's basketball coming off a massive win last night. And in addition to that, we are officially. One month away until Gamecock baseball returns. First game of the year, Founders Park, February 16th. Can't believe how quick baseball will be back in our lives before you know. He's intern Joe I'm Mike. You appreciate everyone that tuned in tonight. If you are not a subscriber to the Gamecock Central YouTube page, why not just hit the little icon, sign up, hit the little uh, bell, you get a notification anytime one of these videos drop, and you'll be good to go. If you're not a YouTube guy or a girl, it's all right. Maybe more, more of a podcast listener. Head on over to the Gamecock Central Podcast Network, where you can do the same. Both platforms are free. Appreciate it again. Everyone that tuned in tonight, I'll be back at it on Thursday for GC Live Afternoon Drive. And one last thing. There were 13 Gamecocks that went into the playoffs. And I say 13 Gamecocks. I'm talking about players. I know that there's... Dylan Thompson's out there working with the Texans, but I'm talking about players. There were 13, now there are five players left. Five players left trying to win Super Bowl 58. Debo, Javon Kinlaw, Keyshawn Nixon, J.J. Anambare. Hopefully Anambare gets healthy in the rehab that he probably has in front of him. God bless him. And then last but not least, Jadavian Clowney. Wanted to make sure I gave those guys some credit today. Shout out to those guys. We'll continue NFL action for you. Gamecocks in the NFL. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll see you later on in the week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy.